Good afternoon. This is Marjorie Papsteinmetz welcoming you to Caregivers Speak. Today we have two wonderful guests who've been on with us before, Dr. Barry Jacobs and Dr. Julia Mayer. And I welcome them back for what I'm sure will be another amazing, inspiring show. Barry Jacobs is a, a Dr. Barry Jacobs is a clinical psychologist, a family therapist, and principal for Health Management Associates, a national healthcare consulting firm. For 24 years, uh, you listeners may remember him as the director of behavioral sciences for the Crozer Keystone Family Medicine Residency Program in Springfield, Pennsylvania. He and his wife, Dr. Julia Mayer, are the co-authors of AARP Meditations for Caregivers, Practical um, and Emotional and Spiritual Support uh, for You, Your Family, and Barry is also the author of the Emotional Survival Guide for Caregivers, Looking After Yourself and Your Family While Helping an Aging Parent. Both books, amazing. I encourage you all to uh, look those up. He is also the co-editor of the ebook Collaborative Perspectives, a selection of CFHA's best blogs from 2009 to 2015. Dr. Jacobs has also given more than 500 presentations on family caregiving. Can you believe that? 500 uh, on family caregiving and uh, for family caregivers, community support groups, medical and, and mental health professionals. He's a national spokesman on caregiving for the American Heart Association and an honorary board member of the Well Spouse Association. He served on the expert panel for the Caregiver Crisis Great Challenge for TEDMed.com. And he's a board member of the Collaborative Family Healthcare Association, which is a national association on the integration of mental and physical health care. In other words, this he's a holistic guy. In fact, both of these wonderful people are. In 2016, he received its Lifetime Achievement Award. This is from the Collaborative Family Healthcare Association. And that Lifetime Achievement Award is known as the Don Block Award. He is a blogger on family caregiving topics on aarp.org, so be sure to look for him there, and previously for the Huffington Post. Dr. Jacobs received his bachelor's degree from Brown University and his doctorate in psychology from Heinemann Widener Universities. Dr. Julia Mayer, his wife, and these two are just like the dynamic duo um, in clinical psychology and caregiving. She is also a clinical psychologist in private practice in Media, Pennsylvania, where she specializes in women's relationship issues, including family caregiving. She is the author of the 2014 novel, A Fleeting State of Mind. I love that about Julia. She's a clinical psychologist. She's also a novelist. So she, too, uh, works out of a, a holistic brain. Dr. Julia Mayer received her doctorate in psychology from Widener University. And 
Welcome again to you both, Dr. Barry Jacobs and Dr. Julia Mayer. Uh, thanks so much for having us back, Marjorie. It's really a pleasure. It is. Thanks, Marjorie. Great. Well, today's show topic is no exception. They are always breaking new ground, it seems. And their topic today is about caregiver happiness. Yes, indeed, folks, caregivers can be happy. And I am actually a example of that, so I believe them. And I hope by the end of the show, many of you, or most of you, will believe that. Sometimes caregivers and happiness don't, you know, they don't seem to go together. They're two words that we often don't think about together in the same sentence. So Barry and Julia are going to help us think about those together today. So Barry, how did you begin thinking about caregiving and happiness in the first place? Well, Marjorie, it, it, it really was just uh, on the basis of talking with lots of caregivers and finding that, uh, in fact, many of them were stressed by caregiving, but that didn't mean they weren't happy to be doing what they were doing or that they, or that they you know, many of them, I found, had a sense of, of pride in what they were doing, uh, had a sense of, of, of gratitude for the opportunity to do what they were doing. And those feelings weren't really being reflected in a lot of the books or, or uh, on caregiving that I was I was seeing or, or, or the academic literature, uh, which was mostly focused on the sense of burden that caregivers often feel. Uh, so I, I think that uh, Julie and I have tried in the last few years to, to really suggest that there's a broader range of human experiences with family caregiving. Uh, including, uh, like I said, pride and gratitude and oftentimes a sense of happiness that people want to do this work. It's extremely important to them uh, to make a difference in the life of someone they love and uh, they would choose to do it again and again if, if given that opportunity. Great. Yeah, it's an honor to be a caregiver. And, you know, what I hear you saying, too, is that uh, you can have a negative and a positive emotion you know, you can have the burden, you can have the stress, but you can also have happiness. And that's what life is all about, even when we are caregiving, is is often dealing with multiple emotions. I think that's right. I mean, I think uh, none, of, none of us live charmed lives, really. Uh, there's always um, difficulties that we, we need to contend with and, and overcome. Um, but I, I think on the whole, you know, that that we we take life on as it is, and we uh, we are able to find the silver linings even in dark clouds. Um, I, I I think that's that's what we call resilience. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Julie, how do you define happiness? I'm sure everybody's wondering. Well, what does that look like in the context of caregiving? I I guess I would define happiness as. In, in pretty much any situation, but certainly in caregiving, as feeling that you are functioning in line with your values, so that when you're doing caregiving, you're even if it's really challenging, and maybe actually especially if it's really challenging, the sense of doing the right thing and feeling like you're doing something good and that you are helping another person those are all sources of happiness, even when the work is difficult or tedious. Um, and, and I say especially if it's difficult because if it's easy, then you're probably not going to feel the, in, the real happiness of doing something that's challenging and, and difficult and 
takes a toll on you, and then seeing the result of it, which is that you have done the right thing, that you have done good care, that you have given loving care to a family member, even even if they're a difficult person, it's that feeling of um, I'm a good person, I'm doing a good thing, I'm proud of myself, and there are lots of other sources of happiness, but I feel like that's the main one that that you're that you're in line with your values, and that can make you feel good. Oh, that's that's such a an interesting answer, and and so you're really saying that. Um, that you the caregivers don't need to feel like they have to be happy every moment. Oh, moment certainly not. Um, it isn't. It isn't a happy <laughs> job every moment. I mean, if you're caring for someone with dementia, you're grieving. You're losing that person. Um, or if you're caring for someone who's just ornery or difficult, then you have a lot of frustration. But there are always happy moments if you look for them, and in an overall way, it can be a. A, a large percentage of people who do caregiving either find it, you know, no stress at all or moderately stressful, which means that they have a lot of room for happiness. Yeah, that's great. Do And this is kind of for both of you as a follow-up to that. Would you recommend, I used to write down at the end of a day what I had accomplished as a caregiver. And it might be very small, but writing it down or making a list of maybe more accomplishments on certain days gave me that sense of completion and and pride in the job. Jewel. Sure. Um, Either one of you, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Absolutely. Um, You could write it down. You could just stop and take a few minutes and reflect on the things that went well, the things that brought a smile to your loved one's face, the the appointments that you made, and even though there were three of them and the, there was traffic, and you know somehow you got it all done. Reflecting absolutely is a way to sort of mindfully recognize the accomplishments that you achieved, and and you can even think about what didn't go so well, so that you can come up with a, a new plan for the next day. I also think it's useful when you wake up in the morning, and we have a nice quote that we like to share from Lani Ali about waking up in the morning and and making it a positive day, Um, which is, you know, we can all do that. We can wake up and say, uh, this is hard, but I'm going to look for the silver linings. I'm going to look for the, the, the moment where I can make a joke or something we can laugh about together. I'm going to look for those little moments. Terrific. That's great. So, um, this is a big question, so I'll just address this to both of you. But you first, uh, Barry. What do you think are the essential skills and attitudes caregivers need to have to be happy in this state that we're talking about in this context? So just picking up on what uh, what Julie started saying, I think being open to the possibilities. Um, you know, sometimes people. Uh, get into this mindset that uh, they feel victimized, they feel trapped, uh, they feel like there's no potential happiness in what they're doing at all, and consequently they they blind themselves to to those moments of of real connection with the person they're caring for, or humor, or or joy even. And um, I I think that one, one of the most essential skills is simply being open 
and responsive to, to what goes on each day, to, to, to not not be living in our heads and, and, and feeling sorry for ourselves, but to actually be present with what's going on around us and to engage the people we're caring for and, and the others who are working with us and uh, uh, and, and and look for the, the the joy and the positives in that. So that's you know that openness is one thing. I mean another is, I, I think uh, unfortunately sometimes happiness is something that people have to work at. That uh, uh, people have to have the discipline to set aside time to to uh, pursue the things that that bring them joy, uh, and that may be stepping away from caregiving and. Uh, doing artwork or um, or, or writing or uh, speaking with a friend, um, and uh, you know it's very important that that, uh, that that people identify what those activities are in their lives. Uh, they know themselves well enough to to know what those acti- activities are, and then they then they create the space in their lives, uh, even in their caregiving lives, uh, to to continue continue to pursue those activities. Yeah, that's you know that. All that truism about seek help, have other people help you out with things they can help you out with. That gives you time to really reflect and and spend moments with your loved ones rather than rushing around and having to have your to-do list in front of you all the time and instead focusing on your loved one. And that was the lesson that I had difficulty learning was, you know, delegating, quite frankly, to other people having them do things. It would have given me much more joyous time with my loved ones. And the other thing about delegating is it lets someone else do some caregiving, which makes them feel good. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, that that's really, that's, it all kind of works together, doesn't it? And uh, that sense of openness, been having the time to be open and then focusing on your loved one and finding humor in it is is really really important yeah just just to pick up more on what you were just saying Marjorie I mean we always talk about how it's you know particularly in uh, in more arduous caregiving situations which require a lot of hands-on care that um we often are in a position where we we have this choice between being a nurse or being a family member, and 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 if if we choose to be a family member, then delegating out some of the some of the hands-on care to a home health aide or, or or to somebody else, and that we have to be prepared to make that that choice, even if we feel guilty about that choice, so that we can just be with our with our loved one and not be thinking about the, the million tasks we need to do for them. Um, to simply be with them, to enjoy them, especially if if they have a, a progressive condition and we we don't know how long they'll they'll continue to be here with us, we we have to we have to set up uh, a, a caregiving plan that enables us to 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 be with them and to, and present with them and to enjoy them. Yes, absolutely. Because looking back, the memories are made of those moments that you're describing when you have the time to just be with that person and uh, make some memories. So so how do these positive moments, these positive interactions with our loved ones, we hope more uh, rather than fewer every day, um, how do they, these kinds of experiences, the positive ones, help us deal better with the inevitable 
negative experiences that come from long, hard caregiving. And I'm thinking, Barry, here of, you know, the chronic condition that just seems to go on and on, even though inexorably getting worse. How can a caregiver take some of the positive experiences they've been able to build and help them in those really tough times? Uh, so I have several thoughts, Marjorie. So so one is that, you know, Julie and I always say that caregiving brings strains and gains and that what we try to do in our work is to minimize the strains and maximize the gains. Uh, and in part, we're hoping that through maximizing the gains that it will make the strains a little bit more bearable. So I, I think that caregiving is, is like many other human experiences uh, where, uh, you know, even marriage, for, for you know, for, for example, where there's good times and there's bad times and that um, we want the good times to outweigh the bad times. Uh, as a matter of fact, in, in the research on marriage as well as uh, research on other human experiences, there's a kind of five, there's a, a magical five-to-one ratio that um, if we can have five positive experiences to, to every one negative experience, then we're doing really well and, and uh, we're, we're, we're coping well and we're, we're maintaining happiness. And that's a that's a tall order for a caregiver to maintain five positive experiences to every one negative experience. But that I, I think is what we should strive for, that we want to find ways of enjoying what we're doing because we've, we 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 as Julie said, it's consistent with our values, to to connect with our loved one for as long as we have them, um, and to not um, to not allow the. Uh, the, the difficulties of the, the, the tasks that we're taking on or the sense of loss to, to push away um, the, you know, our cherishing of the moment. Um, and so I, I think that that's, uh, that's, that's really what we're trying to work on here, to, to, not, to not make this a, a, you know, a 100% happy experience, because it will never be that, but to, to make it one where the, the, the preponderance of experiences uh, are gratifying in some way. That's really, you know, that's a really a, a interesting formula to think of that, five to one. And you know what pops into my mind? Some of the happiest times I remember with my parents were around food. And so even in the dire days, you know, when my, we knew my mother was dying and she knew she was dying in the last few weeks, she ordered up chocolate cheesecake on the premise that she had been eating salads her whole life and she was just going to eat what she wanted to eat. And every week we brought her a big cheesecake, and every week she ate most of it. She shared some of it with us. We took pictures of her. And, you know, these are some of the happiest moments, and yet it was in the, the kind of the bleakest moments. And yet the cherry cheesecake or the chocolate cheesecake became the, the, the focus. And so food might be something that our caregivers listening out there can think about uh, bringing in and using and as moments of humor and fun. Uh, I mean, chocolate cheesecake is, is, is just fine with me. I would, love, I would, I would love that. I would take plenty of joy in that. Um, but, but, but you know, I mean, what you're what you're pointing out um, is that. Uh, Many of our happiest moments, many of our most or, or, or moments of real togetherness with family, is around food and around meals, and about the kind of easy rapport we have over the dinner table, uh, just to, just kind of shooting the breeze and passing the, the mashed potatoes. You know, it's uh, exactly. it works really well. 
it re- works really well in tough, tough times. So, Julie, um, there have to be health benefits. I'm sure there are. So tell us about that, the connection. Does a happy state of mind help us feel well and better, even when we're caregiving? I think it does. Um, I think that if you're if you're feeling good and with a positive attitude and uh, and and uh, on the happy side, then you're less likely to be stressed. You're less likely to have sleep problems. Many of the things that caregivers deal with um, are you know related to the stresses of caregiving, and if they can find ways to feel happier. They will be less burdened by those things like stress and anxiety. And, and of course, over time, stress and anxiety can cause health problems as well as depression. So uh, working to find happiness is super important. Um, I was thinking of a few other of those essential skills um, that I thought would be worth mentioning in terms of trying to find happiness. I think it's really valuable to remember that caregiving is a choice. We might feel like I have to take care of my family member, but the amount of care and the way that it's done has a lot of choice in it. And if when someone feels burdened, they remember that this is my choice. Not only that, but it's my choice, and when I look back on it in the future, I'm going to feel like I made a good choice. Those are sources of happiness and some relief, relief from burden. You know, rather than sort of putting your nose to the grindstone and just doing everything you have to do to get through the day, caregiving, it helps to stop for a second and reflect and think about the choices and think about uh, what this will mean in the future. Those kinds of things can contribute to happiness, too. I love that. Um, I'm reminded when with my husband, I said to him one day, I said, Honey, I would rather be with you sick than with anybody else well, <laughs> and I meant it. And it, we got a, a nice chuckle and out of it. But that's true. I, I was choosing to be with him, and I would rather be with him sick than somebody else well. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there's such a good connection, you know, and if you can feel that connection and comfort, that's a kind of happiness. Exactly. Exactly. So... There are probably people out there, uh, Barry and Julie, who are thinking, there isn't any way. I just don't think I can be happy. So what if there's a, there, and there are probably listeners out there today who are saying, you know what, I can't be happy. I'm angry. I'm continually upset. The things I plan every day, they don't go to any kind of, plan that I put together, no matter how hard I try. Um, Does this mean that the person who can't find the kind of happiness we're talking about today, are they doing caregiving in the wrong way? And either one of you or both of you, please weigh in on this. I don't think it's caregiving in the wrong way. I hate to make a judgment like that because everybody has their own path to take. But I do another skill or attitude, whatever it is that I tend to think about with care, with happiness and caregiving, is boundaries. So if I were taking care of my dad, but he had been an alcoholic and so he wasn't an easy dad, I would want to keep all of the things from the past that were difficult in the past 
and not relive them, not bring them to the current situation, but be in the moment and see my dad now as someone who is diminished and who needs care, um, not the dad of my childhood. And keeping those things separate is a way to get some relief and maybe even connect with that person in the present, that care receiver, differently from how the relationship looked in the past when it was fraught. It could be easier, lighter, et cetera, now that the person is in need of care. So it really is, you know, you have to bring an, an attitude of optimism and boundaries around the negatives and focus on the here and now and what, what you can make of it. That's excellent advice. How about you, Barry? What would you suggest? So so I, I want to just hasten to add that, you know, we're not sitting here in judgment on any anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, Everybody's yeah. got their range of experiences. Everybody has their own particular situation. I mean, we we we're not here to say you know it, it has to all be uh, you know lollipops and gumballs or whatever whatever that expression is. Um, yes. What 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 I think though is that um, people ought to ought to try to find moments of joy the best they can. And then when people are angry all the time or upset all the time. Um, then I, I, you know, because we're psychologists, I'm going to begin asking the question of, of whether they may have become clinically depressed. So one of the hallmarks of clinical depression is what, what's called anhedonia, which is actually the inability to experience joy. And sometimes people get so down, they get so clinically depressed that nothing brings them joy, even things that used to bring them joy no longer do. Um, and if someone is in that state, then I, I think that, it, it's not just the caregiving situation that may need to change, but they may need to, to seek treatment for depression, uh, probably starting uh, with a visit to their primary care f- uh, provider uh, to, to begin to see if if something could be done with, with uh, the very good treatments we have to, to help them uh, access their, their own sense of joy again. That's such a point well taken. Um, would you, um, this is sort of a leading question here, but um, I'm assuming that you would think that trying to end the day just before you go to bed, you mentioned sleep, Julie, mm-hmm. um, the ability to sleep, trying to end the day with something joyful or more positive might be one way to begin to think about how to, make sense of bringing more joy into your life. I think it's a wonderful idea. I often recommend to people to do a little meditation or to listen to some music, to do something that is taking care of him or herself because they've put in a hard day, they've done what they could, they've tried, and and even if they haven't succeeded, it's the trying that matters. It's the effort that matters. And so I feel like people need to reward themselves and uh, whatever way works for them is is a, a good idea, so that they can go to bed feeling some peace. And the the other side of that is that you know oftentimes many of us go to just before we go to bed we're watching the evening news and it's all you know as they say murder and mayhem. That's probably not the best idea for uh, going to sleep feeling uh, rest restful and uh, happy, um, and that perhaps. Uh, uh, finding something else which is a little bit more soothing and, and uplifting uh, would be better for you. Right. 
Well, and with that, um, we are at the end of the show, not the end of our day, but we're at the end of the show. And I really want to thank uh, Dr. Barry Jacobs, Dr. Julie Mayer, for these wonderful tips, ways to think about bringing more happiness and joy into your life. I'd like to recommend, uh, remind all of you, um, they are the co-authors of AARP Meditations for Caregivers, which are practical. We heard a lot of practical things today from them. You'll see lots more in this book, I'm sure. Practical, emotional, and spiritual support for you and your family. And so be sure to look for that book. Uh, Barry's also the author of the Emotional Survival Guide for Caregivers, Looking After Yourself and Your Family While Helping an Aging Parent. Thank you again to both of you. Um, You're so much appreciated. Thank you so much for having us, Marjorie. Yeah, yeah, Marjorie, we we, we love the invitation anytime. (laughs) Oh, you bet. You'll be back on for sure. And I want to remind our listeners that there will be an archive of this show in the next 24 to 48 hours. So be sure to look for the archive either on mycaregivingcoach.com or ecarediary.com. And um, I won't say literally a total goodbye to the two of you because we'll definitely have you back on again. Thank you for your expertise, and thank you for all of you out there taking this journey today with us. Take care and have a good rest of the day and as joyful and happy as you can make it. Bye-bye.